0: 360 degrees 360 degrees 360
1: degrees good evening and welcome to full circle your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the first voice apprenticeship program we are broadcasting live from Huchin occupied alone territory also known to settlers as the bay area we are your host hannah wilson and
0: radio shack and on tonight's show we'll be featuring clips from a powerful film the long shadow that traces the history of slavery from the country's founding up through its ties through systematic racism today and we'll hear an interview with marine goslin the film's co-creator and editor
1: it's also our fun drive so we'll be asking for your support to help us continue with our coverage of important events of today All that tonight on Full Circle. Stay tuned.
0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Full Circle here on KPFA 94.1 FM. We're excited to bring you clips of a powerful film, The Long Shadow, that documents the history of slavery from the country's founding up to its ties to systematic racism today. The film's director, Frances Causy, traces her family's slave-owning past to show how racism still affects the very soul of our nation. We will also hear an interview with Maureen Goslin, the film's co-creator and editor, editor. So right now, let's get to some clips from
2: The Long Shadow. Understand United States history without understanding the role that slavery played. It was already a very formal institution by the time the United States became a nation. It actually defined the nation.
3: Slavery didn't just end and go away. We as a country were formed out of a compromise with slavery. The southern colonies were not willing to be part of a union, part of a national government unless the institution of slavery was protected. And the price of protecting that institution was disproportionate power to the South politically. And it carries
4: through today. We possibly could have lightened some of the consequences of slavery if there had not been such a concerted effort to maintain the differences between blacks and whites it's kind of like an infection i think you know it may go away but it always bubbles back up to the top eventually i think that's what's happening now how many black
5: families get out their homes every day Shame in yourself. So your aunt your grandmother's house next. They're mad. I'm mad. We should all be mad, man. We should all be angry because of what's going on right now. Law enforcement sources tell CNN who
6: admitted that he shot worshippers in cold blood as they gathered for a Bible study Wednesday at historic Emanuel AME Church. He's chilling motive? One source tells CNN that the 21-year-old wanted to start a race war.
3: God, nothing ever changes here. Why does this keep happening over and over again? I was born in Greensboro, North Carolina in 1963 into a world where white superiority was rarely questioned. As a child, the only black people I ever interacted with in a meaningful way were the people who worked for us. I loved them like family. I felt a huge amount of sadness as a kid, seeing how they and other African-Americans were treated in the South. I didn't understand it. I knew something was deeply wrong, but it was not okay to talk about it. My longtime friend and producing partner, Sally Holtz and I shared a similar upbringing.
7: You know, I felt it
1: It was confusion, it was crazy making, and anger.
3: Like Sally, the sorrow, anger, and lingering questions about the racist South of my childhood shadowed me into adulthood. I never understood how much my own uncomfortable journey to talk about this was connected to an untold history of our nation.
2: You know it's hard to be black in a world controlled by white folks. Du Bois said we always have the double consciousness. We're trying to be black and meanwhile you got a white ghost hovering over your head that says if you don't do this you'll get killed. If you don't do this you won't get no money. If you don't do this nobody will think you're beautiful. If you don't do this nobody will think you're smart. That's the ghost.
3: The transatlantic slave trade took off in the early 18th century and produced huge profits.
8: One of the reasons why the United States is such an advanced country is because of not only slavery but the slave trade. We know that slavery was financed from places like New York Rhode Island, Newport, and Boston.
3: One of the reasons Wall Street was created in the first place was to finance the slave industry. Everything from buying slaves to even mortgaging them.
8: What you see is not only the building of more ships, which employs workers, you're seeing the building of insurance companies because Africans are revolting and you need to have insurance policies. You see the construction of banking, because these voyages have to be financed. And therein, you begin to see the seeds, the kernels, of an advanced economic system. And the rise of capitalism is clearly on the backs of slavery and the enslaved Africans.
3: It was astonishing to me that many of the first Africans in the American colonies weren't slaves but indentured servants. For a while, poor blacks and whites worked alongside each other.
2: The connection between Europeans and Africans was actually quite robust. A lot of marriages, formally and informally, a lot of children, uh, formally and informally. Probably much greater uh, integration between people of African descent and European descent than we have today.
3: Indentured whites and blacks worked for their masters for five to seven years. Africans went from indentured servitude to enslavement gradually. One colony, one person, and one law at a time.
7: It started with the dispossession of Native Americans, so the concept that they didn't actually have title to the land or deserve the land because they weren't Christians. So all of US law around land and the accumulation of land by the English and French and and Spanish was based upon that. Europeans felt completely comfortable going into Africa and enslaving people who were also heathens, non-Christians, and bringing them to the New World, to South and Central and and North America. And so slavery was justified by this. It allowed the conquerors to feel righteous that they were in fact doing favors to whoever they encountered. It was all redefined as a benevolent process. To most people's mind, America means white. The country was founded
2: by two groups, Angles and Saxons, Christian, Protestant,
7: English-speaking, so all these things get bound up together. Just being Christian was not distinction enough to separate who was entitled to civil rights and respect and resources. So Christianity became divided into white Christians, really white male Christians, than everybody else. There was a racial supremacy and a religious supremacy intertwined.
3: 1,000 black and white Virginians rose up together in rebellion against rich planters in 1676. The rebels wanted more wealth and power in the new America. Nathaniel Bacon led the uprising.
2: The Bacon Rebellion was both a political movement and an economic movement. It was people demanding democracy, a chance to participate in running the colony, Virginia colony, and demanding land.
4: There were these people coming together more along class lines than race lines. And even though the colonial government was eventually um, successful, I think that really scared
2: them. The elite decided to split those groups and start creating whiteness in the colonies. And part of their charge. All the men was to be drafted into the slave patrol to manage the slaves for the elites. And they always had this role of allegiance to the elites and managing those underneath for the elites.
4: This notion of divide and conquer to keep poor whites always knowing that they were not at the bottom.
6: No matter how degraded you may be as a white, you are white. And there's one group below you. That seems very simple enough, but it was a very heavy curse.
3: Virginia, where my ancestors originally settled, was the first colony to pass harsher slave laws that legally sealed this new alliance between rich planters and poor whites.
7: The first kind of white privilege that we see in this country is what was given to indentured servants as they were freed up to have some land, to have the ability to be in the militia, in the slave patrols, to get cloth and tools and other things when they were released. They just still didn't have economic power, but they had benefits as white people, and at the same time, enslaved africans had nothing they had no rights no property nothing in their name at all
1: welcome back to full circle you just heard an excerpt from the film the long shadow they were that we are featuring on our show tonight so radio shack Mm -hmm. what
0: what stood out for you um a lot of things uh one is it's really an incredible film when you really look at it but from that clip that we just played one of the main things that stood out to me was the double consciousness that quote that that uh i think it was a black panther party that they were that he was talking to that and he was talking about the white ghost and how it's always hover hovering around you and i really connected with that to me because being a black male you always feel that there's a there's something always hovering around you no matter what you're doing you see it every day so like every day from when i was born into when I was born in here yeah. and then growing up now I see I always feel like there's somebody hovering over me no matter what I do so and, yeah, and, and, it, and it affects you yeah. and it can affect you a lot mentally mm-hmm. so I understood that how the systematic system worked because it hit you a lot so I wasn't really shocked at how the film described it because that's pretty pretty much how white privilege is and how it's always been in this country and how it's always operated so I'm glad that the film was able to detail that part in that part of the clip um but Hannah how did you feel how about how in, yeah, in well, that clip and what stood out to you you know a
1: couple of things stood out to me one was um that it wasn't just the south but the north that was so deeply involved in mm-hmm. financing this the slave trade i mean yeah. there was shipbuilding in the north there was yeah. wall street banking yeah, wall street yeah mortgaging enslaved folks and sure i mean it mm-hmm. goes on and on um so it's a whole system that's not just about the south. Yeah. Um I think the other thing for me was that I did not realize that in the 1600s the first africans who were brought here were indentured servants. Mm-hmm. They were not slaves. And then how the owners actually divided whites from blacks by giving the whites perks and making them binding them to the slave patrols.
0: Yeah.
1: And that carries right through to racism ...to the racism of whites today. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, on on tonight's show, we're really featuring clips. We're hearing this incredible movie, clips from it, The Long Shadow. And this is the kind of in-depth programming that KPFA provides listeners. As we know, The Long Shadow tells a really powerful untold story. It traces the history all the way from the 1600s, the country's founding, through its ties to systemic racism today... And we are in the midst of our fun drive. So uh, we actually have a special gift tonight that you can receive a DVD of this powerful film, The Long Shadow for a donation of $100 or $10 a month. So you can either do this by going online at kpfa.org or you can call 1-800- 439-5732 That's 1-800 Hey, KPFA We really appreciate you making donations because we do not take corporate funding. No, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, one way to use the film, one great way to use it is to get the film and then gather friends or families yeah. or neighbors and, and bring them over and have a group showing because we need to have discussions about this. Yes. Yeah, yes. and and I can guarantee you there will be discussions that happen. So, um,
0: so next, we're actually going to now talk about the first part of the interview that meaning you did with Maureen Gosling, uh, Hannah. Oh,
1: yeah, right.
0: Yes, the long shadow editor. Uh, she was also the film's co-creator along with the film's director, Francis Causey. So, uh, Maureen Goslin has been a documentary filmmaker for more than 40 years. She's worked as a director, producer, editor, sound recorder, and distributor. And uh, Gosling was a producer and director and editor with Chris Simon on the future There Ain't No Mouse Music. On the Life and Legacy Legacy of American Roots music record producer and former KPFA radio host Chris Schwartz. Uh Goslin also directed and produced and edit and edited Blossom of Fire, a feature length tribute to the It can I say with me, Hannah, because I was Zapotex, the
1: Zapotex yes. of Southern Oaxaca. Yes, yeah. and
0: she also <laughs> edited dozens of social and cultural documentary films. So working with numerous Bay Area directors, Goslin is best known for her twenty year collaboration with the late less blank, over 20 films as co-filmmaker, editor, and sound sound recordist, and most notably on the classic Burden of Dreams, which won the British Academy Award for Best Documentary in 1982.
1: So hang on a minute. I just want to repeat the phone number for people to call. is 1-800-HEY-KPFA or click on kpfa.org because we really, really need your support tonight.
0: Yes, we do. So now let's go into our talk with Maureen Gosling. Hi, I'm Maureen
9: Gosling. I'm a local Bay Area filmmaker, editor, director, producer. Welcome, Maureen. Yeah. Um
1: So glad to have you here talking about the Long Shadow, mm-hmm. which you are editor and co-creator
0: of. For me, uh, what was your connection to the film? Like, did you have any person, like looking back in research and researching history, like own slaves or anything like that, or what made you want to do the film? Or be a part I, of well, it. Well,
9: I've I've been involved with many films about African American and like black French Louisiana culture okay. and um films in New Orleans about the Mardi Gras Indians and a lot of films about music mm-hmm. and black culture. And over time I've you know, just in my experience, I've been really keen to do anything I can to look at my own embedded privilege and racism and all that stuff yeah. and bec- and become an anti-racist which I think is a really good term for people to use since it's really hard for us to say oh I'm not a racist because in reality it's hard to get away from that in our culture. Yeah. So I just I felt like I had over the years learned a lot about the history of the country and I, I worked on a film with Shakti Butler it was about a eight different ethnic groups of women looking through the lens of race, oppression through the lens of race, and it was called The Way Home, and I edited that film. So that was really important to me to really go deeper you know, than I had done before. So in that regard, I thought it was a great chance mm-hmm. to learn more. And the thing that struck me working on it was the through line that was the thing that hit me the most because it was like this has been kicked like the can has been kicked down the road Mm -hmm. and never dealt with the issues of you know from slavery to reconstruction to the black codes to Jim Crow to the civil rights movement and especially the housing issue which we bring out in the film was is pretty shocking the wealth gap is really that's really intense that was one of the
1: things that really I thought was strong in the film was this ongoing systemic analysis. It's not just a personal analysis of uh, Francis, whose ancestors were slave owners, but a, a much bigger systemic the impact, the long shadow of ins- the enslavement of Africans mm-hmm. all the way through to today. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering because it's such a long history from the 1600s and I believe the film goes up to the to Obama is what I remember. Right. How did you make choices about focusing the material? There's so much material.
9: Yeah, well, Frances really did the sort of the heavy lifting in that regard because she she's the one that read all the books and um you know, took all the notes and figured out the questions to ask of the scholars, figure out who the scholars should be. And um, she was she became very interested in the idea of the undue influence of the South. What John Powell says, which I think is pretty intense, that we're still fighting the Civil War and the South is winning, which we are looking at right now, yeah. in our face. A Kentucky senator, up there, pulling the strings and creating this atmosphere of rigidity, and she really, she was also interested in the alternative stories. She, she learned about that as she was going along. The story of Robert Carter the Third releasing so many of his slaves seventy years before. Um, the 70 years yeah. 70 years before the emancipation proclamation. Yeah. And then the story about the Canadian yeah. blacks, which she was really fascinated by that and she wanted to get that in there to say, look what happens when people are just given their ch- a chance, you mm-hmm. know, and the and that's part of you know, part of the answer.
0: Welcome back to Full Circle. You just heard part one of our interview with Maureen Goslin, the co-creator and editor of The Long Shadow, the film we're featuring tonight. And we'll be hearing more from Maureen Goslin later in the show. But before we get into another clip of The Long Shadow, we just want to remind you that you can get this film as a gift for you tonight for your support of KPFA for a $100 donation or $10 a month. So click online at kpfa.org or call 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-K-P-F-A. hey
1: I just want to give a shout-out and a thank you to a few people who've called in.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a shout Donna, out. Shout
1: and out. Donna in Mountain View. Thank you, thank you. Chandra in San Francisco, and I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name. It might be Chandra. Mine mm-hmm. is Hannah, but anyway. <laughs> Apologies if I'm mispronouncing your name, but thank yeah. you so
0: much. Sarah yes, in South
1: you. Lake Tahoe and Linda in Sebastopol.
0: Yes, thank you guys so much for yeah. your continual support.
1: We really appreciate it. And any amount is appreciated. Yes. So let's go now to another clip from The Long Shadow. Here we see how the film illustrates several ways that the U.S. government kept African-Americans from building generational wealth both during the Great Depression and after World War II. The South put
3: this restored national power to work, maintaining the nation's racial hierarchy with its veto power. Southern politicians tarnished the creation of President Franklin Delano Roosevelt's New Deal.
6: Roosevelt himself is a very good example of of this. That he has to make certain compromises. He has to tell Walter White of the NAACP, I'm sorry, I can't sign this anti-lynching bill. The bill is to make lynching a federal crime. That would be a big step. And the opposition to that is so intense. So, uh, Roosevelt himself says, look, if I do this, then forget about the New Deal.
3: Roosevelt's New Deal created relief programs to put people back to work during the Great Depression. But Southern politicians made sure the new federal job benefits programs, Social Security, the minimum wage, unemployment insurance, and union organizing did not apply to the two primary black vocations of the era, agricultural and domestic service. The jackpot that followed the American victory in World War II, which gave birth to the American dream, good housing, education, and employment was off-limits to most African-Americans. Nowhere was systemic racism more on display than in our national housing policy, also created by the New Deal.
10: It was the government leading the way in creating a segregated landscape in every metropolitan area in this country. You had many neighborhoods with European immigrants, uh, African-Americans, whites who came from rural areas to work in factories in the same neighborhood. But in fact, what the Public Works Administration did with its housing program was create segregation when none had existed before. It built public housing in those neighborhoods, demolishing the integrated neighborhood to create land for the public housing and built segregated public housing instead.
3: Returning black World War II veterans were forced to live in this segregated housing because Dixiecrats vetoed an amendment in the 1949 Housing Act that would have reintegrated housing.
6: This is crazy. We are fighting a war supposedly to make this world safe safer democracy. We're fighting a war in which the enemy is a racist Nazi Germany that's exterminating Jews, and we're being treated as second-class citizens here in the United States. It makes no sense.
3: Even historically oppressed European ethnic groups, like Italians, Jews, and Irish Americans, were allowed to buy into the new suburban housing built for returning white war veterans.
10: Throughout the country, mass production builders got bank loans guaranteed by the Federal Housing Administration on condition that uh, no homes be sold to blacks. Perhaps the best example uh, is Levittown in New York. In Levittown, the builder Levitt & Company built 17,000 homes in Nassau County, east of New York City. Black veterans were not permitted to live there. White veterans were.
3: Good paying industry jobs followed whites to the new suburbs. The white families, like mine, who owned their homes, gained several hundred thousand dollars worth of equity over decades. The white middle class was born. The Federal Housing Authority made it illegal for lenders to loan money to blacks who wanted to buy houses in white neighborhoods. Redlining by banks, denied mortgages to black people, even in their own communities.
4: If you have a family member who can pass on to you a certain amount of money, then you can start off buying a home as opposed to renting, or going to college as opposed to not going to college. So That ability to pass on wealth Quite often, it's stymied in the black community because it hasn't been built. And I think a lot of whites don't understand that a lot of blacks weren't able to make wealth that they could pass down. Everyone is starting over from day one. You're listening to Full Circle
1: on KPFA 94.1 FM. So, Shaq, what did you think?
0: Uh, of that clip to me, uh, the most disheartening part of that clip was the and what really always touched me is the uh, the importance of generational wealth and owning a home like that is really so huge in the black community, and that that part uh, is very disheartening. That back then they just basically just shunned every black veteran that came back home that served their country. Uh, almost got killed and then came back and had a lot of mental health problems just from being out there in war and then they came back and they couldn't own a home and they couldn't build anything for their family they couldn't build anything in their own communities and that's just a huge thing in the black community is that if we were able to build something after we came home it would have helped out so much so but Fahana what, what stood out for you in that Yeah, same thing. I
1: mean, I'm just really struck with the many ways that the government, the U.S. government, has blocked the abilities of blacks to build generational wealth. It's just a stunner.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, again, we want to take a moment to remind you that we are in the middle of our fundraiser here at KPFA. And we, the KPFA First Voice Apprenticeship Program, want to do our part to help get financial support for the work that we do and and what we continue to do provide here at KPFA in the Pacifica Networks. As you know about the KPFA Apprenticeship Program, it is unpaid. Like me and Hannah, we're both volunteers. Um, I work and Hannah's retired. And we both are learning radio broadcast skills and we're bringing you important stories and issues. So when you donate to KPFA during this 7 o'clock hour, it shows that you not only support KPFA, but you support this program as a whole because it's a really important program that gets a ton of great stories out there that's very complex. So it gives us a chance to... Give us a call at this time and show your support. Uh, We welcome any amount you give us from $5 to $10. But also, if you make a $25 donation, you become a voting member, which is very important here at KPFA. Um, So please take a moment to go to KPFA.org to make a secure online donation or give us a call at 1-800-439-5732. And that's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Because tonight we have a very special gift you can receive a DVD of this powerful film that we're talking about tonight, The Long Shadow, for a donation of $100 or $10 a month.
1: And I can see that yes. we have at least one person who's called in for that film. but oh, really? um, we got We got more. Oh, Come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. It's keep coming. It. It, yeah. Keep coming.
0: It's really good stuff in this, in this uh, film. Yeah. So, oh, so.
1: All right. Well, it's a big <laughs> yeah. shout out to those who've called in already yeah. and gotten a copy of the film. And while you're clicking or calling Mm kpfa.org to click or 1-800-HEY-KPFA, we're going to take a short music break. And when we return, we'll hear more from the long shadow. So stay tuned.
5: Stand tall. Walk free.
1: welcome back to full circle right here on pacifica radio kpfa 94.1 well we are in the middle of our fun drive and exciting news we just got a match from oh. listeners yeah, yeah for 150 dollars. all right so let me explain what this means this means that each dollar you donate to us becomes two dollars. But we need, by the end of this show, to have raised one hundred and fifty dollars, okay. so that this um, I don't know who it is. At the moment, it's anonymous. Thank you so much for yes, pitching in you with so this much. match. Yes. And so we need we need you to call or click. And what you do is you call one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two. That's one eight hundred hey KPFA or you go to online kpfa.org, dot org and um twenty five dollars fifty dollars and a hunt or a hundred dollars will get you the film and you can do it as ten dollars a month as well yeah, and that will get us a big boost to quite part of the way there but if we don't get 150 dollars donated we're going to lose this 150 so we really really encourage you really, right now yes
0: really 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 encourage you right now <laughs> we're going to hear
1: actually one last clip of this film and it'll move you i know but while you're being moved you can also you know click or call and keep listening at the same time yes. so let's go to the film the long shadow
4: There was always this understanding that there was going to need to be this federal intervention on the level of a Civil Rights Act, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, in this case.
6: Lyndon Johnson said, when the Civil Rights Bill went fast, he said, I wanted this. I, I supported it. But I'm telling you, I think we probably lost the South. But Johnson thought it was worth it. It's not just Negroes, but really, it's all of us who must overcome the crippling legacy of bigotry and injustice. And we
5: shall overcome.
3: The legal discrimination against African-Americans that began in the 1600s would officially end in 1964 with the enactment of the Civil Rights Act.
4: It finally gave some teeth to the 14th Amendment. Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 64 was very, very important because it said that if you were receiving federal monies, then you could not discriminate based on race, gender, religion.
10: The civil rights movement began to push back against some of these policies. Finally, in 1968, a Fair Housing Act was passed which said that you couldn't discriminate in the sale or rental of, of most housing in the country. So for example, Levittown could no longer bar African Americans from moving in.
3: The civil rights movement succeeds in making the express language of racism unacceptable publicly.
9: It's unacceptable to
3: say publicly, I stand for the white man, I believe in white supremacy. Now, there are people saying that, but they are increasingly on the fringe of American society, the, the Klan members, the sort of redneck racists. All across the country, not just in the South, Expressions of open racism instead went underground in the form of coded language or secret political messaging meant to appeal to segregationists.
10: I shall help make it possible for you and your families to walk the streets of our cities in safety. I'm against busing. I do not believe that it serves education to pick up children that are two or three years behind children in another school district and haul them for a half hour across town to another district. After a
3: short stint in a public elementary school, I began attending one of the many white segregated academies that were created in the 1960s after desegregation. Race relations in the South were stuck in time. All around me, there was resistance to the changes brought by the Civil Rights Act. White privilege was finding a way to maintain itself. The national pushback against the Civil Rights Movement and the laws it helped enact began right away. This resistance eerily mirrored what happened after Reconstruction. Political assassinations and the overturning of policies and laws gradually destroyed the gains made by African Americans.
1: Welcome back to Full Circle, right here on Pacifica Radio, KPFA 94.1 FM. That was a clip from the film we're highlighting tonight on Full Circle The Long Shadow. And I want to give a shout-out to Marilyn in Richmond, who just made a really generous donation. Yes, yeah, she did. Thank you so much, yes, Marilyn. thank you so much, Marilyn. Yeah, really appreciate it. And we have a match going of $150, so every dollar you give gets doubled. And what you do is you go to either online, kpfa.org, or 1-800-439-5732. That's, hey, one 800 hey KPFA. And, you know, if you're online, you can see what other um, gifts, there's a lot of different gifts that you can get. But a special one that we're doing right now is uh, the the film The Long Shadow for $100. Yes, so
0: you you can get this, uh, the gift tonight, which is The Long Shadow for a secure donation of $100 or $10 a month. So all you have to do is just click online at kpfa.org or call 1-800-439-5732. And that's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. So now we're going to go into part two of our interview with editor and co-creator of The Long Shadow, Maureen Goslin.
1: Well, speaking of right now, I'm wondering, because the film goes into the Obama era and doesn't go forward into the Trump era, what would what would you do to update it now? Because what I remember from the film is there's, there's a point where there's a talk about, okay, after the Civil Rights Movement, outward, direct expressions of racism went underground and became coded. And now the president is not speaking in codes anymore. It's right out there. So I just wondered any thoughts about how the film would evolve and include that.
9: Well, um... I mean, I guess that's one thing that the film offers is a chance for people to reflect on what happened before and see how that's, what the next step is, which is playing out in front of our eyes, that it's come back from under the underground and now it's in our face. And it, the cycles are are there and that it didn't get ended. It, it just got pushed down, mm-hmm. and there are definitely differences from that time. One of the good things is that at least contemporarily, there's much more open, also, discussion about race issues. People are talking to each other more than we used to, and we're finding the language to, of how to talk about it, which I think is really helpful, and we're hoping that our film will add to that, and there is interest in knowing the language and having a sense of history that helps you with your arguments and helps you with your understanding.
0: I have one more question. just watching the film over. Just for me personally, I always like when I look at these type of films to always get something out of it, to always just find something new and something interesting to learn and learning about the Canadians, the people who were black and moved to uh, Alberta and found a place and found a way to get one, get their 40 acres and a mule technically and to be able to grow and move in society. I think that was a great thing. And I also loved um, even learning about the Wall Street. Cause that was something I didn't learn about, uh, didn't know about before, and even that some slave owners in Virginia that they freed over 400 slaves. That was something for me that was really great to learn. So I just wanted to know from you, while editing the film, what did you, what do you hope to get out, get out of the film while you were editing it? You mean for an audience? Or? Yeah, for our, yeah, for an audience.
9: Well, certainly the the trajectory through time, which I think is really laid out mm-hmm. clearly and also the for people to think about how it could have been different and also just to have a basis for understanding what's going on now and think about what can we do you know I I like what um, litwax says the the white guy who wrote, extensively about lynchings Mm -hmm. and he's at uc berkeley or was at uc berkeley and he talks about just investing in the community the black community um from housing to education i mean that is the least we can do and you know that certainly is a place for repara- the conversation about reparations to start. Yeah, And that's something that people should be able to grab onto, especially if they see the film and see the places where the problems are. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, who did the archival research? Because there was so much
1: archival images and also audio. There was audio from <laughs> slave narratives. Did you do that? Who did that? And how did that get incorporated? Mm-hmm. Must have been a lot to... To log and
9: deal with. Well, when I started working on the film, I realized how much I could do myself. I would be, you know, working on the scene about the early days of images of uh, paintings of things. You know, I would I, there would be the the Haitian Revolution, and suddenly mm-hmm. you just Google Haitian Revolution, and suddenly there's all these images, and I just grab, 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 and suddenly the scene which just was talking talking heads. Suddenly has some images, and you can just imagine, you know, sounds to go with it. And and so that was that pro- part of the process comes later. I was able to do a lot of the research myself, and then Jed Reif, the producer, also did, and our intern Ned Pollock also um, did research. And it, as being a historical film, we really needed to. You know, there was a huge number of images. They could probably tell you how many there are. There's a couple hundred or three hundred. Well, this is where people need to to watch the film as well, as listen to the audio that we're going to be sh- sharing
1: tonight on our hour-long show. Yeah. But I really loved how you would have a talking head just for a little while and then switch while they continue to speak mm-hmm. to all kinds of images, and it really deepened it and enriched it. So, thank you so much. Yes,
0: thank you so much. You
1: bet. You bet. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Well, welcome back to Full Circle here on KPFA 94.1 FM. So, that was Maureen Gosling, who is the film editor and co-creator of The Long Shadow, along with the director, Francis Causey. We're going to go to one final clip, but I just want to, again, remind you that we're in the middle of a fun drive. So, please call or click... If you're clicking, go to kpfa.org. If you're calling, go to 1-800-439-5732. And if you want to remember it, that's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. So we will be back soon, but let's hear the last clip tonight of The Long Shadow.
11: We need to have an honest conversation. We need to sit down and put all of the issues on the table, not just the things that are fuzzy and feel good we need to address the systematic racism that happens in this country we need to dismantle the institutions that continue to keep not just african americans but people of color in general um, subjugated and it's difficult but it's something that needs to happen
8: we need an official government commission To investigate and interrogate the lingering impact of both slavery and Jim Crow, perhaps we need also some way to repair the damage.
6: I would think that the reparations that would be a practical achievement would take the form of refurbishing the black community. In terms of the quality of schools and quality of housing, there has to be significant economic change.
3: Leveling the playing field for African Americans seems to be one big answer. We tried this with Reconstruction and with the Civil Rights Movement. We saw what happened with the pioneering black Canadians and the freed slaves of Robert Carter who made the most of their opportunities. Today their descendants continue to pursue their dreams in whatever ways they choose.
11: What I found in my research and dealing with these families that come from this manumission, all of them have this sense of pride in their family the sense of pride in themselves in their work and what they do
0: we obtained certain advantages from being free peoples if you look at our family structure it stayed pretty intact you know we had two heads of the household
11: it did in some ways give us a head start in that we had to be self-reliant far long before other people of color were free that gets instilled into your family. It becomes a part of who you are. You pass that on to your children, to their children, their children, and so on and
2: so forth. The hard nut of it is really whites. So we had it exactly backwards, right, in terms of the Negro problem. We have a white problem in the United States. and And I don't mean this as a blame and whatever, but I think people won't get this on their own. That It really takes a lot of work, because it's so deeply in our DNA. And it's reflected in our politics, the way we do politics, the way we do economy, and the way we think about ourselves. But we actually need to give birth to a new white identity, a white identity that doesn't need to dominate, a white identity that's not totally angst about being in connection in relationship with the other, a white identity that recognizes that it is the other.
3: But to do this, we have to recognize that we as white people have benefited enormously from our privilege at the expense of other people. The cost of this prejudice and inequality has come at far too high a price. Why are we so afraid to face the possibility that we might actually gain something with true equality?
0: Welcome back to Full Circle here on KPFA 94.1 FM. And you just heard the final clip uh, from the film Long Shadow. And uh, Hanna, what was your reaction to that last clip we just heard?
1: Well, you know, I thought there was a really important reframing of the issue that we have a white problem in the United States. Yeah, you can say that again. Yeah, we have a white problem (laughs) in the United States. And the idea that white folks need to work to get to a place where white identity doesn't need to dominate. Mm -hmm. That whites could have a connection with other groups rather than supremacy. I think that's really key. And at the same time, we have to we white folks have to reckon with our privilege. Mm-hmm.
0: And just to piggyback on that, uh, mainly we just need to start having conversations about mm-hmm. this and stop pushing it under the rug that we like to do, um, especially in this country. Like uh, like United States is not the only country that has owned slaves or has done bad things to people to people of color or, people or, or black people. Um, but we're the only country that won't talk about it. We'll like to skate around it. We like to hide it and we don't really want to deep, Take a deep dive and really talk about it to make people understand what really happened. So I really love that this film did that. And it really did a good job in tracing everything from the 1600s to where we're at today. And I think if we start having the conversation, it will be a lot better. (laughs) Or at least it'd be a start to us doing the healing process and to what we can do next.
1: Exactly. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So one thing, you know, I wanted to say is as Maureen Gosling, the editor of the film described yeah. and, and this film, The Long Shadow, um, it has powerful visual it images. Does. They've we've like. heard the audio tonight, some of it. But you, if you get the film, you will be profoundly impacted by oh, well. viewing it. Yeah, because they did massive archival research and they included hundreds of historic images mm-hmm. and you will want to view this. So, you know, this is, because we're in a fun drive, we have a special gift tonight that you can get. Um, you can get a DVD for a, of the Long Shadow for a donation of $100 or $10 a month. And again, you can gather family and friends and have a group viewing and talk together. You know, um, let me give the number. And then I also wanted to say a couple other things. The number is 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Also, you can go online at kpfa.org. And... um, You know, if you're a teacher in middle school or high school... Yeah. Yeah, and I know, Shaquille, you work in schools. I mean, this is a real learning opportunity. where People could get the film and show it to students. It's just a history that's not taught in school enough. And it's really critical to our understanding of systemic racism in our country.
0: Yes, yes, yes. You know,
1: we could only play a few clips. You know, one of the other things that we didn't hear tonight Mm -hmm. is that um, the film also shows two examples of... African Americans people who were Africans who were enslaved who got got to some of them got to go to Canada
0: yeah the black canadians exactly
1: <laughs> and have more stability and economic growth and then there was a group of 500 formerly enslaved africans in virginia i think who yeah. got out early yeah and they also got to you know start building their own, own li- their own, own lives. lives yeah yeah so, um, if you appreciate access to these stories, please support us now by going online, kpfa.org, or 1 800 439 5732. And I, I want to give a few shout outs, and I hope I don't miss anybody. But we have Bryant in Oakland, Greg in Oakland, Sarah in Antioch, Gabriella in Richmond. Wow. Uh, I think Greg in Berkeley. Uh, some anonymous callers Well, thank you several. all. Thank yeah. you all. Thank we, you all. We so appreciate it and yeah. you can just keep on Keep on. Keep on. Keep
0: on donating. Yeah. <laughs> we still got we still got about 5 more minutes uh, left of our show. Yeah,
1: so what we you going to say is
0: uh, well not well I'm just Radio Shack. I was just going <laughs> <laughs> to talk about mainly just thank you all tonight just for continuing your donations and your continual support of not only KPFA but the First Voice Apprenticeship program. Uh, Because we like to go out to communities and we like to record voices of activists and historical events. But the reason why we do that is because we are a training program for women and people of color. And we like to and we are taught to learn media skills. And the apprenticeship is here to highlight voices of marginalized people. And just to give you some updates on just some recent program that we've done we've done uh the indigenous two spirits community that Hana did mm-hmm. um, we did a show a tribute show about Tupac that me and uh that boy media has done um, got to
1: say it was fantastic yes
0: yes and we did an internalized racism and healing that Miss Theodora has done we also had a member who went to travel to South Africa and she had and she did a really great job in her in her show with with that the experience that's happening in South Africa and um, KC so i just so all that all, with all that saying, we do a lot here. So we just want to, as long as you keep supporting us, we'll keep doing what we do. We keep going out to these communities and we keep spreading the word and just giving all that we got to tell these stories that needs to be told. Um, Hannah, do you have any more left else to say? Let's you, see. Because we still got, how we, much time we still got left? We got, we got like, probably like another minute or so. Uh, well. Oh, I, I can shout out the number one last time. So if you want to go give any more donations, uh, you can just go online to kpfa.org or call 1-800-439-5732. And, and to make it short, it's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Any donation is important. Any donation counts to keep this station going.
1: And, you know, we were we still have this match going. I, I don't know quite. We've probably made it by now, but with a match each dollar becomes two dollars and we had a hundred and fifty dollar match and just keep it up because it really helps us um you know the apprenticeship program is the apprenticeship program is really um for marginalized communities to get their voices out there Mm -hmm. for women and people of color we get training and we also go out into the streets. Like yep. last year, we went to the Climate March. Yep. Uh, what else have we, we done? We did the
0: International Women's Day. We've done May Day.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, we did the Teachers' uh, Strike teacher's in Oakland. Um, yeah. We're going to do some more. Uh, we also go every year. We we try to go out to uh, Malcolm X for Juneteenth.
1: Juneteenth, right. Yeah, that's a yeah.
0: big thing. So we, mm-hmm. we, we we go out and we head out. Mm -hmm. But um, I believe that brings us to the end of tonight's show. And uh, this has been Full Circle. Uh, We're on every Friday at 7 p.m. I've been your host, Radio Shack. And this has been uh, Hannah Wilson.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And we did make the match. That is just fabulous. Thank you to everyone who has donated tonight. We so appreciate it.
0: And the additional film credits for The Long Shadow include producer Sally Holtz and Jeff Reith and associate producer Donald Goldmeyer. and for social media, Maria Joost. All of our shows can be found at kpfaapprentice.org along with everything we have discussed here on tonight's show. So stay tuned for next week's show, Theater Night, hosted by Hannah and Freewill and Franklin. Our executive producer is Miss M. Our technical director is Frank Sterling and Joy Moore is our production consultant. Big thanks to KC on the board. Yeah. And our tech assist Janessica. Yeah. And up next is La Onda Baita.
1: La Onda Baita.